Hey everybody, this is Jessie of Thought Bubble with Jay, and you are tuned in to a brand new episode of Sunday Sala. Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of the Wednesday Creative Check in here at Thought Bubble with Jay. You guys are in for another treat. I know as creatives, we have a lot of questions. And over the past episodes of Wednesday Creative Check-In, I've been asking artists. And one of the common themes that I've gathered from our interviews was that they all had some doubts. They all had some fears. They had to battle with self-doubts and imposter syndromes. And I realized that maybe we should have a separate topic to really dig deep and talk about the common fears that creatives, specifically those who are venturing into creative entrepreneurship, are experiencing. And I think I found a perfect resource to discuss just that. So our guest for today is a seasoned artist. She is a calligrapher. She is a watercolor artist. She is also an educator of a famous brand called Mm -hmm. Solar Brush. She is a share, and recently she's been causing waves in TikTok. So without further ado, please welcome to the show, Jenny of The After 7. Hey, Jenny. Hi. Hi, Jess. Hello. Thank you for um, agreeing to do this with me. And finally, we managed finally. to schedule. <laughs> finally. <laughs> we, um, we've been talking about this for quite a while. And I know you have a lot going on. Um, you had some setbacks with your health. And I'm glad that you, yeah. you managed to bounce back and blooming as ever so thanks jenny for you know i know there were some health issues with you and your family recently but here you are doing the interview with me so jenny i know with the following that you have and now you're causing waves on tiktok but i'm sure there are still bits and pieces of information about you that most of your followers or your audience are clueless about so can you please share some more information about you your journey and where you are right now, what you have been doing um, during the lockdown. Okay. Hi, everyone. So my name is Jenny. I run the After 7. So um, it was on 2016 when I found myself struggling while working on a, a corporate job as a CPA. So during those times, I I saw my friend. Actually, she's my sister-in-law, right? <laughs> Bianca Regala. Yeah. So I saw her doing calligraphy and I got curious so I attended a workshop with her Mm -hmm. and then from there I learned calligraphy and then it ventured to watercolor and in 2019 I decided to jump in and go full-time to doing um, doing watercolor and calligraphy and as well as teaching those so that's it and I think the rest we will discuss Okay, I'm good. On the podcast. That's, a, that's very brief and very, I would say, humble introduction from you, coming from you. Because I would like to add some context to that. Because from what I've known and what I've seen in your journey, you have been featured in newspapers and magazines, right? Uh, you have been part of a TV show. I know there was a... Yeah. yeah I, I think I saw that. So you've been around, Jenny, and you've been... You've, you've taught a lot of students online and live that's both calligraphy and watercolor is that right yeah actually when I started um I did calligraphy workshops and then while studying acrylic exploring different mediums Mm -hmm. I'm also teaching those so I got um 
acrylic workshops and line art workshop on top of calligraphy and watercolor. But after the pandemic, I decided that I will focus on watercolor. So watercolor. Interesting, Jenny, because I know, yeah, I think good that you mentioned it because I saw that you dabbled with those different mediums in the past. Like you mentioned line art and I know you, there were classes that you conducted for it and people yeah. were really signing up. Um, in fact, if you guys, um, I want to give a brief background of how I met Jenny. Um, we, I think I chatted you about anxiety, which we'll probably have a different episode for. <laughs> Um, yeah, I was battling with anxiety and then she posted something somehow related to it and it resonated with me. So I, I DM'd him and she was very welcoming. Um, and then fast forward. So I've been following her fast forward last year. Yeah. Yeah. So that was when the, the Blessed Creatives were, was created and it was Jenny who connected all of us. So I, I'm really grateful for that, Jen, because I've met wonderful people through that. Um, collaboration and we help a lot of children who were you know struggling to buy like materials for calligraphy so it was really um, an experience and I want to ask you about that Jen um, what was the the motivation what was the that light bulb moment that made you decide to gather us you know I know that you I, I, I kind of remember what the story was but I want you to share it with our audience because I think that's very encouraging and um, also something that I think a lot of artists, maybe artists or non-artists or anyone who has the capability or access to help might, you know, think about. So can you share a little bit more about that? So I can't remember how exactly I arrived on this group called Calligraphy. Calligraphy group. And I think... Almost all the members there are 15 years old and below mm-hmm. are and are in class C mm-hmm. um, status. So when I went there, I saw a lot of kids are liking posts about um, art supplies, like art supplies goals, and mm-hmm. everyone's liking it. Sana all and yeah. stuff, you know. And then I thought, why not give my old supplies, those stuff mm-hmm. that I don't use anymore, to select kids mm-hmm. from the group because I don't have a lot of art supplies. So I'm going to pick few kids. And then, I don't know, the comments, uh, I was flooded with a lot of comments. And mind you, they're just asking for secondhand art materials. So I thought, why not? Um, ask for some someone else's help and then buy stuff, new stuff, new calligraphy materials that would help these kids. So I think I posted on my Instagram stories and then you guys approached me and I created a group. Some of the donors just wanted to donate cash and okay. some wanted to help um, on trimming down who are the deserving kids. So we created the group, the Blessed Creatives, um, a separate group on Instagram for the artists who will be joining me in selecting the kids and a separate group on Facebook wherein the kids can join. They can comment and they mm-hmm. can share why they deserve the kit. So it was a fun experience. And um, as much as I want to continue it, it's kind of um, tiring. And I think 
um, we weren't able to plan it so well. But in the yeah. future, I think if we have um, better logistics and manpower, I think um, this kind of thing is a nice gesture to do for those kids. So yeah. maybe in the future, we'll do it again. Yeah, I, I think that, that was a really good initiative um, from you, Jen. And thank you for um, looping us in to that initiative. It was really, a, I mean, it was a humbling experience at the same time. I, I kind of resonated with, you know, having less uh, when I was growing up. And then um, now being able to just extend, I mean, what we gave is is simple. I mean, it, there was those were brush pens, right? And some gave their second, you know, their materials that they have that they're not using anymore. But for the kids, you know, the responses that we received, it it meant a lot to them. So yeah, but I agree with what you said as well that it was a bit exhausting. I know, especially on your part, because you manage it with the shipping and all and allocate allocation. So yeah, absolutely. If if we have more structure, probably, and manpower, then we can absolutely do it again. Because I think more than ever right now, arts is something that is celebrated and encouraged. But it's just that not a lot of people have access to yeah. resources. So, Jenny, thank you for sharing that. And so, another milestone that I would like to talk about um, in your journey is being an educator for Silverbrush, which is... I think one of the highlights. So can you tell us a little bit more about that, the background of you being selected as an educator for Silverbrush? So during that time, I think it's around October. So Tina and I were actually talking about that mm-hmm. ambassador goal. Yeah. So um, we only have two two brands in our minds. So you know that that, that yeah. two brands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't have to share that, the other brand. Anyway. So we got the two brands in mind and then I don't know. Um just just like what Tin and Yen mentioned on your previous podcast, I was just sharing um photos of my artwork with the brushes that I'm using. So genuinely I'm sharing the content, tagging yeah. them, and um I, you know, I'm not saying that I'm promoting it, but Rather, I'm just sharing my experience with the Using brush the itself. Yeah. yeah. And then they noticed it. They met, uh, they contact, contacted me mm-hmm. through Facebook, actually. Oh. Through Facebook. And then we had a meeting and that's it. They sent me a lot of brushes. <laughs> actually, they, they, send, they are sending me brushes every quarter. And on top of that, they're giving me um, brushes... Uh, that is equivalent on the number of students that I've taught for the year. So it, there's wow. kind of a computation. So yeah, yeah, I have a lot, a lot of brushes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but yeah, I mean that's that's like actually this on the last one that you know, as an artist creative, you want to be seen and acknowledged for what you're doing, right? And mm-hmm. to have that influence um, to people and really be. Uh, promote a brand that you really believed in. I think that's major. So yeah, congratulations on that one. And on to Skillshare. So that's another um, aspect of you being as an artist that you dabbled with. So can you tell us a little bit more about that, Jen? So for Skillshare, actually, um, this is a nice introduction of what I want to share with Mm -hmm. you guys because 
um, um, I started teaching on 2017 and up to 2020, I never taught online because I don't want to. Okay. I don't want to teach online because I think that um, some people might not understand what I'm talking about. Like, I'm afraid that they're not going to get my style or my what I'm teaching. So <laughs> I just don't want them to tell me that they wasted my money. Yeah. So I never added online class on my list. But then pandemic came. So I am forced, I was forced to do online class because I'm already on full time that time. Mm-mm. So if I don't do online class, the only thing that I can do is sell art materials online. So right. I, I did that also, but <laughs> but I tried um, teaching online first. And the easiest way for me was to try Skillshare. Mm-mm. So um, I only have very very limited resources that time i live in my parents house we don't have uh, a lot of windows so there's no um not not much sunlight naturally and yeah and it was really dark i don't have lights i haven't ordered lights i haven't ordered my tripod so i did everything manually i just so i just used whatever i have and made the class so mm-hmm. Um, luckily it was a success. So the first topic that I launched was, um, watercolor peonies. And then I did not launch another Skillshare class, uh, because, uh, I tried doing the Google classroom first Mm, after Skillshare, I tried doing Google classroom. So Google classroom was also a success. And then, um, so the Skillshare happened on May and the Google Classroom happened on June. By that time, my Instagram account was already growing. So mm-hmm. as I launched more online classes, my account is also growing. And so I'm attracting um, clients and students from different parts of the world. I, I, got, um, I got one-on-one classes for watercolor and my students were from Indonesia, wow. Malaysia, Hong Go Kong and stuff. So, yeah, <laughs> international. So I was so happy and it just came to my senses that um, during the pandemic, my business really grew mm-hmm. a lot, like more than four times wow. its original um, income. So the pandemic was a blessing for me. No, it was a blessing on another um, side of my yeah, life. Yeah. So, um, Jenny, in all of those milestones that we talked about in your creative journey, um, I know that you have your favorites, right? But um, you've seen, you said that you've taught probably, I would assume, hundreds of thousands of students online, live. So, how, what are the str- struggles that you've seen um, with? people who have studied, who have attended your class and those who have started doing entrepreneurship using their skills or their art? A few of them are struggling with how they can share what they're doing to their family and friends because most of them 
are being judged like me i um i understand what they feel what they're feeling like um when i was starting my parents didn't know that i'm creative so they always thought oh. that um uh, that i am on the mathematics and science yes, side of life is. yeah <laughs> yeah okay. but then when they saw me doing calligraphy my mom said and when nagsasaya ka ng papel <laughs> Did you do drills? So you can yeah. keep on writing and writing. Okay. So yeah, I um some of my students um also taught me that, um told me that the their family are not understanding what they're doing. So they're having a hard time doing this, doing what they love because, you know, there's kind of this fear that they're being judged or what. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's one thing, and another thing I think is um, some of my students or some of my audience are really struggling when it comes to deciding whether they will attend a class or not because oh, they are they're having this fear that they might be wasting their money yeah. on workshops. Mm-hmm. That they have this mindset that they can also learn this on YouTube. Yeah, but for me, yes, they can, but it could save them a lot of time it's true if they do things the right way from the beginning so that those are some of the struggles that i see i agree with um the last point as well um because i haven't experienced the first one because i have i've never really i haven't done full time but the second mm-hmm. one is yeah i think it's there Money, I, I think I talked about this in another episode that money is always an issue when it comes when people see workshops or any type of training as an expense rather than an investment. Yes. So there should be, a, I think it should start with a mindset. So, Jenny, we were talking about fears and, you know, struggles. So, um, as mentioned on the intro of the episode, I would like to have a dedicated EP talking about fears of that creative entrepreneurs or discipline creative are facing. And I think this is very common and will be applicable whether you are an artist or not. So Jenny, I know that you have a lot of wisdom that you can share with us when it comes to this point. So let's go and head, uh, dive in. Um, we'll go through each of them and I'd like to get your, your points on and, you know, insights about these types of um, fears that these creatives or creative entrepreneurs are, creative entrepreneurs are experiencing. So the first one is what if I fail? I think this is very common. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had your? Have you ever questioned yourself? Of I mean, have you ever asked yourself this mm. question? Yes, especially when I was um, transitioning from um, being a corporate, uh, being in the corporate job and mm-hmm. be, doing full time. So I remember that time when I was um, doing few of my last tasks on my previous job. I was asking myself, what if I fail? What will I do? I have um, but I realized that um I can um once in this journey I will really fail. But there's also um if there's a high chance that I will fail fail, there's also a high chance that I will fly. <laughs> so yeah, 
what if I fail? What if I fly? And when I thought, whenever I thought of failing, like, um, for example, um, after a month of resigning, um, all the reality is creeping inside of me already. I have no job. I have few savings, but um, there's, I have no more job. Like, you know, um, the, the reality, reality of, of yeah. yeah, the reality of having the same number of um, salary coming in every um, every this time of the month is not there anymore. So whenever I do job or um, client tasks, all that I'm thinking is I have to do this right because I cannot fail. I have no choice. What if I fail? No, I can't fail because I... <laughs> Because I have no choice. I have no salary coming in this month. I have to pay this bills and stuff. I have to reach this. Um, uh, I have to reach this income because I have to. I have to reach the same amount of salary that I am receiving before. Yeah. So that's that's actually my goal every month. So whenever you think that you will fail, um, the perfect thing to do is to plan and execute that plan. So. Before jumping into doing full-time, you have to start doing side hustles. Like while doing your corporate job on weekends, you can do workshops or you can sell um, your artworks and stuff. So that when you're, you think that you are already ready for full-time, um, full-time, being a full-time artist, um, you already have this safety net okay. that, your experience when doing the side hustles combined with your grit mm-hmm. in surviving your full-time, uh, being full, uh, being a full-time creative, when those two things are combined, there's a high chance that you will survive. I'm not saying that you will not fail, but with your experience, with your grit, with the plan that you have, um, you're eliminating those unnecessary failures that you might face. That's a very good insight on failing. When you're being, when you're asking yourself, "What if I fail?" I think the other what I what I heard from what you said, Jen, is that failure is not an option. Yes, failure is not an failure option. is not an option when you do plan. And I I like the part that you said you have to plan because you can gauge right. Then you said that prior to doing or giving up your nine to five job, you will have you will be able to assess based on to like what you did. You, you have side hustles on weekends. You're doing this and doing that. So you kind of will be able to gauge, am I able to sustain with this without my nine to five job? And so for number one, the question, what if I fail? If you are going full time, then make it, as or have a mindset that failure is not an option. And you said that, yeah, you will fail. But then for me, when you think about failure, for me, that is feedback rather than a complete failure wherein there is no, I mean, you won't be able to bounce back from it. Yeah. When you fail, that means that there's some something went wrong with what you did. And therefore you're not, you have to evaluate and and then plan again so that you will not face the same failure again. All right. So that's number one. What if I fail? Now, the other, 
um, the other question. So there, there's six of these um, points that we'll be discussing. Number two is, I think it's common, and you touched on this a little bit earlier when we talk about struggle, is what if no one supports me? Jenny, yeah. during the time when you started dabbling into arts, was there ever someone who questioned? But, you know, there are a lot of people who will be, it, I think it's common that people are good will be surprised like I never thought you're creative or really have you have this side of your personality so yeah can you can you share a little bit more on that so what if no one supports me is one of the questions and one of the fears so you mentioned that um, some people are telling me that I never thought that you were creative yeah I always tell them I never thought that about that too (laughs) because I was also surprised that I have this thing inside me anyway um expect that expect that people will not support you be ready for that because the very people who will not support you are those who are close to you and that's okay because um you have to them you have to prepare them for what you're doing you you can't expect them to suddenly like everything that you do and support everything that you do and if they don't it's okay because all that matter is all that matters is you believe in you and of course you have god's blessing on doing on you on what you're doing but you know um what your friends say what your family say doesn't actually matter as long as you're not doing something wrong if you're doing something wrong then you better listen to them but you know if you think that what you're doing is what will actually make you happy, what will actually make your life fulfilled, then do it. Because along the road, you will meet people who will actually support you, who will actually buy from you, who will actually attend your workshops. So I just want to share what happened on my first workshop. Mm-hmm. So um, I started post- posting on Instagram on July 2017, I think the workshop that I I attended. Mm -hmm. So July 2017, I posted on Instagram and some of my friends from my personal account followed me. So some of them are liking my post and okay, I keep on posting maybe once a week. Mm -hmm. Just whatever Mm -hmm. I'm doing. Like um, um, I shared this on my uh, my post earlier. Like I, I have no any deep intention when I started my Instagram account. I just wanted to share. And luckily, I'm blessed with some of my friends who like my post. So there are some of my friends in high school, college, um, some from church. So they're supporting me. And then when uh, July, August, September, two months after, I decided that I wanted to do a workshop. I wanted to host a workshop. So... There's a fear inside. Family <laughs> and friends won't think that. What are you doing? Why are you? Why are you teaching calligraphy? You just started a few months ago, so that fear actually consumed me in a nice way because I thought of the marketing strategy that would save me from humili- um, humiliation when no one registered on my workshop. So what I did is. Those people who were liking my posts are the ones that I PM'd and dm on Instagram and okay. Facebook Messenger. I shared them the poster that I made that hey I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna um, host a workshop on September. 
So the price is this, and this is the venue, and this is what's included and stuff. And I think after three days, my workshop was sold out. Wow. So all, all the attendees were just my friends. All, the, all these um, nine people were the people that I know personally. And then, so I conducted the workshop um, with those people who actually supported me. Mm-hmm. And um, after the class, I posted our photos. Yeah. So everything that happened in the class. And then people messaged me that they wanted to learn from me. So some people requested for another batch of class. And so um, that workshop became my monthly side hustle. And then, and then it grew to two times a month and stuff. So <laughs> the rest is history. But um, so I want to share with you that in the beginning, people will not support you because some people are too skeptic to believe in yeah. what you do. Mm-hmm. So what you have to do is prove them in a nice way that, hey, I'm legit. <laughs> I'm not a fraud. <laughs> yeah. I'm legit. And you have, uh, and if you want to support me, this is what I do. I'm not forcing you to do that, but just share them. Just share them what you're doing. And if they want to support you, then go. If they don't, it's okay. Because as I've mentioned, people, the right people will support you and value you. I like your last point, Jen. <clears throat> it's about finding the right audience for your work, for your skill set, and for your art. Because if you have the right audience, then definitely those people are going to be your fans and they will support you no matter what because they believe in you. Which also brings me to my third point, which is you kind of touch on this a little bit when you were discussing about the fear of no one supporting you and people thinking that you're not credible enough or you're not you know, capable enough to teach because you just, you know, you're still a newbie or just in the learning or in the learning curve, right? But the third fear is that people think I'm a fraud. And I think it's somehow related to the syndrome. I personally, when I started doing workshop, it's the same thing. I didn't, I knew that I wanted to teach, but, but I had all this reservations of, what if they don't see me as someone who can teach because I have no teaching background? And mm-hmm. yes, I just started, you know, learning. But what about you, Jen? That particular fear, people think I'm a fraud. I mean, that you're a seasoned artist now, has this, does this still kick in once in a while? Or- yes. Okay. <laughs> yes, actually, especially when I'm launching a new um what do you call it? A new, for example, a new kind of class. Uh-huh. Like this coming month, I will be launching a coaching class mm-hmm. about Instagram and TikTok. Mm-hmm. So there's this fear inside of me. Like, what if they don't believe that I'm capable of doing this? But as my mentor told me, you have to show them why they should trust you. Why are you, why they should invest in you? I'm actually, they're investing in yourself and they're actually investing in themselves. But why are, why they should choose you to, to be part of their journey? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's the first thing. Show them this is your, this is your work. Show them your work. This is what you can do. And this is what you've been through. These are the 
um, classes that you have attended and this is what uh, just show them what you're capable of yeah. and second is build relationship because that's the most important thing you know um, it's easier to sell to people who know you mm-hmm. who know you deeper than just Facebook ads or Instagram ads or someone who just um, posts this kind of thing on Instagram or Facebook if you talk to them and talk to them like a friend, yeah, they would understand what you meant when you meant something. Like, for example, I shared that this earphones is nice, mm-hmm. but they won't believe me if they don't know me that I'm talking like, um, like as a friend. Mm-hmm. So they will, they will only see my post as something like an ad or just the same ad, like what they yeah. saw on the television. So, but if you talk to them like a friend or a mentor, they will believe in you and there's a higher chance that we, right. they will buy your product or they will support your workshop. So build relationship because that is, that is, that is what separates you from the other advertisers or other teachers or other sellers. So relationship. And the last thing is um, your book your work will speak for itself. So it's not just the work that you do, like the art that you do, but more of how you do it. Do you do it professionally? Do you, um, how you commit, Mm -hmm. how you, how you value the people around you and stuff. So it will speak about you and the product that you're selling because people will not buy the product. They will buy what, they, I mean, people will not support you because of the product. They will support you because of you. Exactly. So agree, agree with so that. So give value to what you're saying, to what you're um, promising to your audience. I think that's a very good point, Jen. When I think you will only fear that people th- might think that I'm a fraud. When, of course, you people will see that you're a fraud. If first of all you see yourself as a fraud. I mean, whatever it is that you emulate to your audience, that's basically what they're going to be perceiving. If they can sense that you're not really sure with what you're doing, then people will see and feel like maybe she's not really sure. And yeah, so maybe, yeah, she's really not who she thinks, you know, who she says she is. So I'm glad that you pointed out about, you know, you have to add value. And that your work will speak for itself. Sometimes I think um, one of the things that I've learned from the conversations I had with artists like you, Jenny, is that um, you don't really have to oversell yourself because people will see the value in what you do by just by you consistent, consistently showing up and showing what it is that you're doing and what your why behind what, what you're doing. And for you, it's teaching and helping other creatives, especially anyone who is who want to venture into art and be a creative. Okay, Jenny number four is, okay, this one, because I know you have other streams that you've been doing in in your business, right? So you have art materials, you have workshops, and now you're planning to do mentorship, and then, of course, the brands. So it says here, people will not like me if I sell something. And I think it's a very common fear. Um, I heard, you know, I, I have a friend talking to me about this 
last week that sometimes she's she doesn't want to post anything about what she's selling because every time that she engages in a conversation, people might think that she is selling something. So instead of having a good conversation, people are starting to veer away from her because she's selling something. So what do you think of this fear? People will not like me if I sell something. I think um, those people who will not like you are the wrong people. So you might be talking to the wrong audience. Mm-hmm. Let's say, um, for example, for example, um, there's um, you're selling a picture frame, yeah, and you're talking to a senior high student with no and with the who doesn't have anything to do with picture frames. I'm sure that she will really hate what if you will <laughs> bug her and. Yeah. Sell her that sell her that picture frame. But talk to me. I will appreciate that because I'm framing my artworks. Sure. So what I'm saying is if you talk to the right people, they will appreciate what what you're selling, what what you're doing. So so yeah, if you talk to the right people, they will appreciate and value what you're doing, what you're selling. But um if you keep on sharing your posts to the wrong people, they will unfollow you. And it's okay. It's okay if people unfollow you when you started selling because those people are not the ones who will buy from you. That's true. I remember, um, and also this, uh, please take note of this, guys. So when doing business, always remember that the number one thing that you should do is solve a problem. So whenever you do a business, think what problem can I solve and be the best be the best on solving that problem. So I remember that during the pandemic last year, it was really, really hard to buy art supplies here in the Philippines yeah. because um, the logistics is just messed up. So what I did is I ordered imported art supplies from the U.S. and brought it here in the Philippines and shipped it to my students. So, so that's it. I solved their problem and I earned. So as simple as that, just think of what problem can your art or can your talent solve and be the best on doing that. That's a good point, Jen. I think you will have fear that people will not like you for selling something. It's like what you said, you have the wrong audience. Of course, if they're not interested in what you're saying, what you're offering, of course, they're they're not, they're either will unfollow you or they will not pay attention. They will not engage with you. And like what you said, that's absolutely okay because they're actually doing you a favor because you are identifying that they are not your right audience. And that's actually the reason why you should not ask your family to like your Facebook page mm-hmm. because Facebook page and your um, Instagram account yeah. because Insta- um, Facebook especially will tag them as the ones who are related to your page. Mm-hmm. And, when, and when Facebook does that, the rest of your followers are will have the same interest as, um, I mean, Facebook will tag the people who have the same interest as your parents. So if they don't like art, yeah, um, um, Facebook will put on people who don't like art on your page. And it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. So be careful in doing that. 
I'd like to add on to that, Jen, for highlighting that. Because you just remembered about, you know, when you said that um, people will unfollow you and you, because they're not your right audience. I think it's it's really important that you have the right audience. Because imagine this, you have a product, you have a skill that you want to advertise, and yet you have the wrong audience. It's as if you are in a big dome and you, okay, and you are speaking or presenting to no one. Yes. Right? So it's like, okay, yeah, you have a ton of followers, but if those people are not your right audience, then they will definitely not like it when you started selling something that you're really passionate about. There's not, yeah, whatever it is that you're good at or you're offering. Okay. That was a good insight, Jen. Okay, number five. Okay, this is a common, very common uh, problem that is a major roadblock for anyone who wants to start out something. It takes a lot to get started. Jenny, when you quit your job, you said you had some savings, but is that money enough to suffice for, let's say, years of not having the 95? And I'm not asking you to disclose the numbers, but just in general, just the position, I mean, just to give our audience or our listeners a mind, you know, a, a picture of what what did you have when you started venturing into full-time entrepreneurship? So the safest amount of money to have is six months of your cost of living. Hmm. So, for example, you resign right now and no one will ever buy your product or will attend to your workshop. Hmm. You can live for six months. Like, you can survive without doing anything. Hmm. If you have that or if you have more than that, then you're safe Hmm. because you have the six months to figure out if you're going back or continue and fight for what you love. (laughs) So, yeah, that's the safest amount. And... To answer your question, like it takes yeah. it takes a lot to get started. Yeah. So aside from having savings, mm-hmm. it's a, it actually takes so much to start because you have to plan. You okay. have to plan how you will survive. Actually, even before that, you have to plan how you will tell your parents that you already quit your job. <laughs> I think that's one of the major fears. How am I going to yeah. tell my parents that I'm quitting? Okay. How, will, how will I tell my parents that they just wasted my five years of tuition fee on college? Because I'm quitting. <laughs> but mom, look at where I am now. Yeah. Actually, that's another um, topic. But yeah, you will... You will start on that and then you have to plan how how your business will go. Okay. Like what what type of business are you gonna focus on? Are you gonna do the service or merchandise? Mm-hmm. And um are you gonna put out a chunk of your savings to invest on your materials and stuff, or are you gonna attend classes and stuff? So there's a lot of planning and there's a lot of things to do when you're starting and if you're not willing to do that then don't quit your job because you have to be ready physically spiritually financially emotionally and even spiritually when you quit your job your job so yeah it takes a lot to get started okay thank you jenny for the final fear and If number five is to get started, this one is fear of starting something new. 
And I think you you can perfectly attest to this because you you're a CPA and people perceive you as someone who's not into the creatives or into arts, but then this is what this is your um, bread and butter right now. So fear of starting something new. What can you share about that specific fear that most people, I think even if whether you're a creative or not, is very common to a lot of people. Just take it as something like you're starting a new job. So even if your experience on what you're doing before, like for me, I'm already experienced an audit. But when I change my company, uh-huh. there's still adjustments that I have to do. And that's the same thing for when you're quitting your job and venturing to full-time. That's the same, but of course, it's more challenging because it's a whole new world True. but you can do it you can do it because number one when you are starting you have this huge amount of grit okay. so even if you're you're extra tired mm-hmm. when you're starting you won't feel it because the passion is in there it's like being falling in love mm-hmm. you know it's like falling in love i mean Like when you're starting to date someone, you know, the passion is there. really alive. Mm-hmm. And it's, that's the same thing when you quit your job and pursue what you love to do full time. You will forget all the sleepless nights that you will have to do and stuff. You will forget all the, all the heavy bond papers that you have to bring because you have to print your workbooks. You will forget all of those because the grit and the passion is in there. And that's actually um, enough. And that's actually important for you to start. Very well said, Jen. I think also one of the things that I realized and learned about starting something new is that, like what you said, you know, there will always be learning curve. There is, there's always this risk, uncertainty, letting a job or dating someone. But if you have that passion, use that. Use that as a springboard to kickstart something new. I think starting is always the hardest part. Um, yeah. But once you get past that, then it will be easier. Um, Jenny, we've talked about fears a lot on this episode. And I just have to give it to you that, you know, given diving into full-time entrepreneurship, that's really a life-changing decision. And I know... Um, I want to believe that you had a lot of thinking and there was a thought process behind it. And the, the the fears that we mentioned on this episode were some of the fears that you had to address and you faced them with so much grace and looking at where you are right now and what you've been doing in the creative community. Is it just a testament? Yes, those fears will be present, but hearing what you had to do and the mindset and how you implemented all of those things that you had to plan in order for you to address all of these fears that we've talked about. It's just, I think if anyone is listening should take note of because fear is one thing that can really paralyze you Um, and it can immobilize you. And once you stop with fear, you won't be able to do anything. So guys, if you listen to the points that Jenny has shared please take note and I would recommend that you implement them. I want to add something. So I just want to add something for those who want to jump into full-time. 
the most important thing to do is to know your why. Why do you want to go full-time? Mm-hmm. What are you chasing? What are you, what are you, what's your goal? Or what's your, what's the deepest reason why do you want to do it? Because for me, I remember myself doing account um, auditing job mm-hmm. on one afternoon and I have all the luxury of time that I have. I can work on my bed. I can wake up any time of the day. I work from home because my company is in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And yet, I'm not happy. I'm not happy because even though I, ha- I can do my work anytime that I want, I still know that there is something that I should do other than this. Like, I'm not meant for this. This is not what I'm supposed to be doing. So I feel like I'm, I'm in prison. Mm. You know, I, I'm overreacting. But, you know, there's something inside of me that wants to go out and do what I love. And that is what, mm-hmm. that's my why. I want my freedom. And so whenever I feel like um, I want to quit on doing my full-time, I mean, here on doing this, what I'm doing right now, the creative, um, the creative stuff that I'm doing. I just think of my why. Like I don't want to go back there again. I don't want to do the things that I don't want to do and wake up every every day like and thinking that why am I doing this? I'm not I'm not making a difference. Mm-hmm. So I just want to tell you that if you if you think that you're not happy and you're not fulfilled <clears throat> on what you're doing right now, mm-hmm. then do something about it. It doesn't have, you don't have to quit your job right away. You just think of, just think about it. And um, another thing is, another thing is if you quit your job, make sure you have a plan. Because mm-hmm. if you don't have a plan, you will just transfer to another yourself to another cell. Like for me, when I was starting my um full-time journey I was accepting all the kinds of work that I can Uh because I want to sustain myself like I'm accepting envelope addressing I'm accepting commission work on top of doing workshops but the those two things the calligraphy um, addressing and the commission work are not actually um, fulfilling me because um I'm scared of ruining people's envelopes. <laughs> so there is another actually, fear, guys. If you are in the creative entrepreneurship, it, yeah, I have to agree that's scary, especially when yeah, you don't have a lot of extra. Yes, like I'm always thinking, like, what if this is the last envelope and <laughs> and the envelope is custom made? Yeah, yeah. What will I do? So it gives me fear, and I realize that I just transferred to another cell. So it doesn't give me freedom at all. Very good. And so I stopped. Mm-hmm. I stopped doing that. I stopped doing commissioned work because I'm afraid that peop- my client will not like my work. So yeah. instead, what I did is I paint, I paint, I paint. And these are the these are my artworks. Choose whatever you want. Choose what what whatever you want to buy. Mm-hmm. And if you don't like this, then don't buy it. Like what you see is what you get. Mm-hmm. So there's no more pressure on me because I'm not. Um, I'm not I'm not changing their expectation you know okay. yeah. um, I'm just I'm just selling what I have <laughs> so 
and and yet I still I was still able to complete my goal. I mean financially, and yeah. <laughs> Plus, last super last now. Um, ask yourself if you die tomorrow, are you happy? Like, are you happy with the last few years of your life doing the things that you do? If you're not, then think about it. Maybe you have to change something. Maybe you have to do something that will help your future self be more fulfilled. So that's it. <laughs> Those are really. I was actually about to ask Jen. Um, three golden nuggets but you just nailed it with those three points that you made i think it's really i love the analogy of being in prison because you can be in a very high paying job doing you know being one of the executives and all that but if your heart is not really in it and if you think you're not making any difference i think where you're coming from jen is that you want to do something more than that it brings you joy i think it's really what how can I influence influence impact or how can I influence change? And that really changed that decision. That became your why. Um, because being in, a, in that corporate job, and, and we're not... Um, we're not against it. <laughs> we're not against it. And we're not saying that the people who are in a high, you know, in a corporate uh, job, I'm still in a corporate, I'm still in corporate and I love what I do. But there's this part of me that I really want to do art. You know, I want to do something creative and help people who are also in the in their creative journey whatever it is that they want to pursue so Jen you made those three points very clear and I specifically love the analogy of prison I think it's something that would stick in my head for a little while um when you start freeing yourself right uh from that prison to let's say in a corporate nine to five job but then you made an example of accepting all the jobs all commission works because you are operating from a fear that I need more and more and more or else I won't be able to sustain myself you are transferring yourself to just another prison that's very wise Jen that that analogy I love it because mm. if you think about it it's true right you you took mm. yourself out of that prison only to put yourself in another one when you're operating again mm. from fear Jenny thank you so much for highlighting those um I have one more question here that I actually listed um when I shared with you those this questionnaires and it was I think in one of the earlier episodes I've been asking people to answer this question and some of them kind of were stuck in <laughs> providing an answer but I hope you have one um I'm interested <laughs> to know what your answer is for this question so if they're after 100 years right we don't know what's going to happen I mean we are still in pandemic right now there's so much uncertainty but what if suddenly science and technology no longer exist and only one book is left and it's about your life Jenny and we've been talking about purpose and why and you know passion so what would be the title of Jenny's book if it's about your life um it would be what did I do after seven it's like how I met your mother very but <laughs> I think you had the perfect answer for that question <laughs> what did I do after yeah so here's what I did after seven <laughs> it's like here's how I met your mother yeah yeah and it's very about the legacy good. it's about the things that I did on how my creative journey went and I hope that when somebody read that book they will get inspired and they'll also um, check on themselves like, yeah. what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> That's very witty. I never really thought of that, but you had the perfect answer for the title of the book. Um, 
no offense to the people that I asked this question, but <laughs> you're the perfect answer for it. Jen, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. I have a lot of takeaways. Um, I think fear is, is really important to address. I say that we need to label it. We discussed six types of fears, questions that as a creative entrepreneur you face whether starting out or being in the journey of full-time entrepreneurship. But I think there are still a lot of fears that people struggle with, whether you're an artist or not. But the points that you made on this episode, I hope that will resonate with someone who will be listening to this. So Jenny, before we wrap up, I'd like to ask you something. What is in the pipeline for the After 7? I know you have a lot of plans. You mentioned, you touched on some of them earlier, but can you give Mm -hmm. us a rundown of what's in store for the After 7? So this coming week, we will have a Instagram challenge. So Instagram has very had been very helpful with my business ever since the pandemic happened. Yeah. And so I wanted to share that blessings to others also through the challenge and eventually a course. So let's not talk about the course yet. I just want to help you guys. And I hope you guys can join the challenge this coming week. And also... I will have a masterclass on watercolor on July. That's too far, but mm-hmm. yeah, that's part of the plan. And on late late this year, there will be a masterclass on how to turn your art into business. So this this podcast is actually perfect because <laughs> I'm I'm practicing myself on how I can deliver everything I'm sure you're gonna on that class. So, so exciting yes. things up ahead for the after seven. And I'm I'm really glad that you're venturing into different things. And I am seeing you on TikTok. And, yeah. and I'm seeing millions of views on some of the posts that you have. And I think you're 250. How many followers have you? How many likes and followers have you had on TikTok already? I have, I think, 200 or 300,000 likes. But actually, I'm on shadow band right now. So Why? I'm not posting. I'm not sure if I posted something that is violating TikTok's <laughs> policy. But I'm checking on it. But TikTok has been very useful for me. But also, as of this moment, it cannot equate what my Instagram is has been giving okay because I just want to share TikTok is a very very nice platform but people in there are Gen Z people on Instagram are mix up so people on TikTok are Gen Z and people Mm -hmm. on Instagram are millennials and let's be honest most Gen Z doesn't have um purchasing power yet not yet they don't have it yet but on instagram most of the millennials are already working and Mm -hmm. some of them have family Mm -hmm. so they if you're planning on selling instagram is still and facebook are still the perfect platform but if you're an influencer and you want to reach you want to be you want to have um, exposure so that brands will sponsor you and stuff. Yeah. TikTok is the it's fastest way. Yeah. So TikTok is the best platform because people there are very supportive. <laughs> and P- P- um, TikTok doesn't have algorithm, algorithm. yet. So you can be famous anytime. 
You just yeah. have to wait for your, your big break. Viral, <laughs> your yeah. big break and viral, viral video, whatever it is, whether it's a 15 minute, a 15 second or one minute. Okay. Yeah. yeah, but good points about TikTok and Instagram. Yeah, those are valid. Also, if you're from the US, you can be paid for um, TikTok. TikTok. Oh. Yeah. But I think it doesn't, it's not that high compared to YouTube. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. Mm. Okay, so those are the things that you have mm. in the pipeline, Jenny. Again, thank you mm. so much for doing this interview. Um, wow, it's packed with insights uh, about fears, and those are really relevant. And also, we're looking forward to what you have in the pipeline. I'm sure a lot of people are interested. I guess we'll be seeing more of you showing up and talking mm. about it on the platform, whether on TikTok mm. or Instagram, right? Yeah. And then you will be doing some masterclass this July. Another class July, on watercolor. On watercolor. Yeah. And then another class sometime later part of the year. Yeah. Okay. All right. Jenny, thank you so much again for being here. Thanks, Jess. Um, guys, again, you can catch this episode on Spotify. If you have iTunes or Apple Podcasts, you can check that out as well. Um, where, where else? Oh, we are also on Google Podcasts. There are other streams that I'm not really familiar with, but they <laughs> distribute the podcast on there. This will be on YouTube. And if you guys want to see Jenny, then <laughs> do drop uh, by my YouTube account. Um, I suggest it's the same thing as my Instagram. And you can catch this episode on there with captions. But um, thank you guys for tuning in on the Wednesday Creative Check-In for supporting Thought Bubble with Jay. I look forward listening to your feedback and uh, we'll appreciate the review for uh, for this episode. I'm sure you guys have picked up a lot from Jenny and you can find her, The After 7, on Instagram, The After 7 as well on YouTube, right? And on TikTok, it's the same thing. Okay. After yeah. So it's consistent so you won't get confused. <laughs> and um, she has classes in Skillshare and uh, watch out for that Instagram challenge happening this week. week. All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in and I'll catch you again next time. Bye. If you think this episode will help anyone, go ahead and pass it on by creating a screenshot or by sending the link of the podcast. And if you do post it, please do tag me by using the hashtag Convos with Jay. And I will do appreciate sincerely if you'll be kind enough to leave a review on the Apple podcast. Let me know what you think of the show, especially this creative check-in. What do you think about our guest, uh, the takeaways, and how we can improve the segment? I'll be very interested to learn more about what you think and how we can improve.